On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's Tall Can Audio. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Nice to be back in the car, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside episode 814 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt Robinson with you in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Along with me today, as she is every Friday morning, Michaela Schreider. How are you doing? Yes. I'm better now. It's weird, Much eh? better now. As I always think of these as morning releases, but we record them in the afternoon or the evening. So for the good listener hearing us sit around drinking, uh, it's, it's <laughs> I don't know. I always yeah, feel like it's a little Let's straight. clarify. It is Thursday af- evening uh, <laughs> as we record this. And yes, I count 5 p.m. as evening. I sure. know I've, I've taken criticism you'll be in bed for in three that. Hours. Exactly. <laughs> this is past dinner time. Um, just for, for the good listener, no, I do not have uh, a drinking problem that results in me drinking in the morning, at least at this point. Um, so I, it is a do another lockdown. We'll see how it goes. That, you know what? I am. I don't know about you, but I am dangerously slipping back into early <laughs> lockdown drinking habits, and yeah. I don't like it. Like normally, I know it, it may come as a shock to the listeners. I don't drink that much. Right. Like I, I drink on weekends. I, I, I sorry, I drink two days a week. Mm-hmm. Give myself two days a week where I'm allowed to drink. Usually, it's Thursday, right, and Saturday during the pandemic. You know, maybe Sunday too. Spreads out just um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you got you got to have some some wiggle room, but but by and large, like I try to limit the amount that I drink. But in the early days of the pandemic, it was like, oh, it's Tuesday. Well, we got no nothing else to do. Want to have a beer after work? <laughs> oh, it's Wednesday. Well, we got nothing else to do. You want to have a beer after work? You know, added to the stress of the fact that we're dealing with a global pandemic, and now that we're in this whatever number of lockdown we're in, yeah. I can feel myself getting that tug every day of, oh, I could really go for a beer right now. It's Tuesday. I got nothing else to do. Do you want to have a beer before work? Ex- <laughs> yeah, really? Maybe we will start morning drinking. Who knows? Anyway, um, follow me for more health advice. At Shrides, as she likes to pronounce <laughs> it, uh, at S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Audio, Facebook.com slash Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this one. We just heard you crack one. What are you going with today? I'm going with a bit of a ye old faithful today and uh, breaking into the Crooked Mile stash that I have in my basement and going with a Standing Stone English IPA. Okay. Not exactly a summer beer, and I know the weather's getting nicer, and mm-hmm. normally I'm much more of like a lager or blonde or hazy IPA kind of person around this time of year, but I don't know. There's something this afternoon I was like, I could just go for like a solid English IPA, and I have a bunch of Standing Stone in my fridge. Um, so that's what we're going with. Shout out Crooked Mile. Uh, I will also 
Shout out Crooked Mile, as uh, that's who I'm going with here today as well. Yeah, and I almost went with the Standing Stone, uh, but I in fact have the, what is this, Lanark? Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, Lanark Maple Brown, which uh, a couple of friends from west of the city uh, may have dropped off on the weekend. Uh, May have, in a a physically distanced fashion. Of course, that's what we do. So I'm looking forward to this one. I've heard many a good thing about uh, about this maple brown, and I like kind of sometimes these, as, as we've discovered over the last several months, uh, mainly out of five paddle. I like these kind of sweeter ones sometimes, or uh, you know, just trying trying different stuff. So we are going with the maple brown today from Crooked Mile, which, uh, as you've referenced, is I know one of your favorite breweries. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, it's one of the rare breweries that is. Uh, in walking distance to my house. And by rare, I mean the only one. <laughs> so um, especially right now, I'm a big fan of it because there's really nowhere else for me to go. And it, they normally, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this one because my husband said it was like kissing a, a maple tree. Okay. Um, in a good way, I yeah, guess, if, if you're going to do that. That's a strange way to, <laughs> I do get that. Um, it's not maybe as overpowering as some, but you get the maple coming through pretty strong. And I like most uh, browns and anything dark like that. Uh, this is nice. Um, I don't know if I, it's, it's got some sweetness to it, but it's not like an overbearing sweetness. So, um, okay. uh, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying this. Have you had this one? I assume you have. I had a sip of it. Okay. Josh had some over the weekend and he, he liked it. He's like you, he likes them. He's much more adventurous with his beer choices than I am. Okay. Um, but I'll try, I'll try anything. I just don't like to commit to a whole pint of something <laughs> that, you know, I'm, I'm unsure, you know, if it's, if it's an IPA I haven't tried before or blonde, I haven't tried before. I'm like, yeah, you know, the chances are I'm probably going to like it. But if it's like a really funky one, I let someone else take that plunge and I just dip my toes in. Okay. Uh, episode 813, Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet was on the show. And uh, I know your husband, Josh, who you referenced there, does more than stick his toes in the wrestling scene. He's all in on that. This is a huge weekend for wrestling fans. Two nights of WrestleMania. Uh, I assume you will sit loyally beside and, and watch the whole thing with him. Uh, I, I'll ask you for your hot WrestleMania takes in a second, but Kevin Mickey of Sportsnet was on. We talked about some of our favorite, you know, WrestleMania moments from when we were kids. And um, this year they are bringing fans back. This will be the first event uh, since the beginning of the pandemic where they have fans in Florida. Go figure. Um, so Weird. two nights, yes, of WrestleMania. Uh, they're not selling... They didn't sell it out. It's not one of those. I, I guess they're trying to keep it somewhat socially distanced. Uh, I'm not going to defend many decisions that Vince McMahon has made. So I have no, no idea if this is a good idea or a bad idea, but it does make it interesting. Um, I, I thought it was a great show anyway with Kevin. I, I kind of lost my, my train of thought. We were talking before the, the show, which one of us should take the wheel here. And uh, it appears <laughs> I'm the one not capable of doing so. Um Kevin Mickey was great, uh, teed up the card, all the matches you should be looking forward to. We, we didn't get much into predictions, but just, you know, things he thought might steal the show. Uh, he showed it out a couple of the, uh, the good Canadian boys facing off Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, both out of, uh, Quebec. So that'll be a fun one. But, uh, if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't had a chance to check that one out, episode 813 with, uh, with Kevin Mickey, uh, Michaela, how excited are you for two nights of WrestleMania? Oh, so excited. Um, I know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I know those names. Okay. So that's good. Um, Edge, Orangeville's own. Okay. Challenging for the title. I I like Edge 
if only for like I, I've I've heard a bunch of podcasts and interviews with Edge m- very recently. Um, Open hockey night there a month or so ago. That was kind of cool. Exactly. Yeah. Anytime he he dives into the hockey world, yeah. I feel like I, I I love listening to him talk about hockey. Sure. Um, he's got a really great perspective, and he's obviously he's very articulate. He's from the entertainment industry, but. <laughs> That's yeah, Edge. Like I, I, I know him. He used to. He lived in the same neighborhood that I lived in in, in Toronto in Etobicoke oh, really? at one point. So I, I feel like we bonded over that, even <laughs> though he doesn't know who I am. Um, but I know who he is, so yeah. that's good. And I, I don't know. Like, I Josh is gonna try and get me to watch. I'm gonna try and sneak upstairs and watch like <laughs> anything else. Um. Like the Masters is on this weekend, and I you couldn't pay me to watch golf, but I might watch golf. Wow! Um, wow! I, I don't know. see. I'm with you. I <laughs> I, I won't watch anything. golf. Oh, I get that. Yeah, no. But you 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 should commit to like the main event of each evening, or so. Although that might be past your bedtime. Uh, you should convince. My, you should commit to the yeah, opening the match of both shows. <laughs> I'll probably watch the women's match. Normally, Josh can hook me with that. All right. Because yeah. I, I know more about the women's division than I do anything else. And and that's how he gets me. He knows his audience. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, he knows that I'm a sucker for women's sports. And, and you know, credit... I don't give a lot of credit to the WWE, but no. credit where credit is due. They've done a lot of good things with the women's division recently yes. compared to what it used to be. Yes. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. There's, there's a few uh, uh, female wrestlers that I really like. And, and I'm going to be honest, I don't even know if they're there this weekend. I assume they are. Cause I think everyone's in WrestleMania, but I could be wrong. Um, I really like uh, Bailey. I Bailey's don't, one of my favorites. I don't think Bailey has a match. Okay, reason. so there yeah. you lost I me there. I also really like Bailey. Um, yeah. I like Charlotte. Uh, I have Charlotte a hard time not liking Charlotte. Charlotte also does not have a match this week. <laughs> like you, who are they trying to target? It's well, not and, me. And would you not just go, "Hey, those are two of our biggest names. Neither of you have an opponent. Why don't you just face each other?" Especially <laughs> Charlotte. Like I could, I could see that. Ba- I, I, I honestly don't know where Bailey ranks. I know that when I started liking her, it was back when she wore the highlighter colors. Sure. Yeah. And Solid I just liked hugs. her because I thought she was funny and and like this little adorable thing that just appeared. Yes. And now she's gone heel, and yep. I know that she she's got the Karen haircut working for her <laughs> and all this stuff. And I don't know where she ranks, Anything but like Charlotte, food. yeah. Well, Charlotte's interesting in that it sounds like, um, and Kevin Mickey had a different theory, but it sounds like uh, Charlotte wasn't feeling so good, so the WWE Ooh. ran some tests, told her she was pregnant and she's like, okay, well then I should stop bouncing around on the ground and go home for a while. Fair. Right. And then they were like, I actually know you're not. She's like, well, I still don't feel very good. So what's up? So she goes to a doctor and apparently she says on her Twitter, she had COVID. So I believe like her two weeks now would be up, but like what kind of shape she's in, she doesn't have a story, right. Going into WrestleMania. If she's feeling okay, I bet you she's there somehow, like she appears on the show. But yeah, for that reason, I believe she doesn't have uh, a match. Um, Kevin Mickey, who follows this much closer than than I do, also suggests that uh, her significant other was just fired by WWE, and she's been pretty outspoken about her opinion on that. Uh, he's also been fairly outspoken since being fired. And so... You know, they can pretty easily say, well, for the sake of Charlotte's health, we think she should just stay home. And if that means she misses the biggest payday of the year, then so be it. Right. So. So how long before we see 
her husband and or slash or her with AEW. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's not likely going to take long, right? So, um, see, that's interesting. I can get into this. I can get into like, stuff. Yeah, it's oh, usually yeah. more interesting than the show they present on the actual TV. Mm-hmm. So, um, also, I want to let baseball fans know we have a very very big guest next Wednesday morning for you. He was on uh, last August. We've managed to uh, to get him to come back. Dan Shulman will be on the podcast again next what? week. Yes. Uh, the voice of your Toronto Blue Jays uh, for years and years. The voice of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN certainly does a pile of March Madness. Um, perhaps the, the most well-known Canadian broadcaster to make it big in the U.S. and uh, then come home and, and call a great Jays game for us. So I uh, reached out to Dan the other day. Um, actually, it was closer to opening day and... Not surprisingly, he was a little bit busy, but, uh, he said to circle back and ask him in a week or so again. And, uh, he confirmed today he'll be on the show next Wednesday morning. So look for that for all you baseball fans or uh, broadcast nerds like me love Dan Shulman and can't wait to have him back on the show. Right on. That's a great get. Yes. Can't wait. Um, last bit of business before we get into anything else. Got a couple of messages, a couple questions. We traditionally do a trade deadline show. Um, talk to Michaela before we fired up the microphones. Here's the deal. If something happens, if, if there are trades made and it's worth doing a podcast, we will do a podcast. But I think there's a reasonable possibility. This is a very slow day. I've already seen Sportsnet, uh, has gone from their trade deadline day show was scheduled to start at 8am to now starting at noon. Um, I believe part of that is now due to this lockdown. Like how many people do you want to bring in studio and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that? I can't think of anything tougher. <laughs> well, I can actually think of a lot of things, but in terms of a broadcast situation to cover an NHL trade deadline where no trades happen. And we joke every year that no trades happen, but at least little things happen and stuff trickle in trickles in, in the last hour. Um, we will give you a trade deadline show. If, uh, if it's worth it. And before anybody asks who or how we will decide if it's worth it, it it's just going to be by our feel. We'll just decide. We'll just uh, Yeah. <laughs> if there's a handful of like fourth line winger for sixth round pick trades, <laughs> chances are we're not firing up for that. No. But I mean, like the, the bar for big trades this year, I think is pretty low. Yeah. Like if there's a handful of like medium sized trades. Sure. Or maybe Taylor Hall goes somewhere or. If, yeah. If, if one big guy moves, then yeah. yeah, of course. The Leafs do anything. It's always huge center of the universe. That's right? true. The, uh, yeah. So that's sort of the plan there. Um, if there is, if it's worthwhile, we'll do it um, an hour or two after the actual deadline. We'll sit down and record something. If not, we won't. That's how that's going to go. How's the, the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs Pierre Ingval trade yes. show? Yes, I'm, I, I just put it out there. <laughs> I might be okay with it. <laughs> I, I don't the, Every time don't, the guy scores, something terrible happens for the Toronto Maple It's Leafs. true. I wouldn't he's blame you. Cursed. And he's just, it's more the, the Ingval backers who watched him put up like a point a game for his first 10 games of his career and then nothing since. And everyone just decided, no, those first 10 games, those are the real him. Uh, why don't we call it the Cody CC effect? Sorry. Ooh, who, <laughs> who surprisingly is having like a surprisingly good resurgent season in Pittsburgh. Like not even just like better than his terrible last couple years, like perfectly serviceable 
3-4 kind of defenseman in Pittsburgh. He's been pretty good. Have you been keeping an eye on him at all? Uh, not really. Like, okay, I, I've I've read that he's been good. I've seen a few highlights. Yeah. And then, to your point, like, he's become a serviceable third uh, three or four defensemen. Right. And that is, that is exactly, I think, what Cody CC should be. And that's probably, even at his height of criticism at the, with the sentence, I always said if he was just playing a role like that, he'd probably be okay. Yeah, stop giving him top two minutes. Like. Yeah, like when he's not playing 25 minutes, all of a sudden he's he's serviceable. And and not to mention, I mean, when you've, I know he's probably not playing on with Sidney Crosby's line all that much, but right. when you've got the offensive power that Pittsburgh has and you're a defenseman, you're probably going to look pretty good when you're passing the puck to one of them. Sure. And there's enough to shield uh, Cody CC there. That, like this is the exact role he should have been in with every team he's been with so far. And now he's, he, the, people are just surprised that he's competent, but like he's finally fit into a role that, that matches him. It's like the Dion Phaneuf effect when he came to Ottawa, it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, maybe you shouldn't have been a top line defenseman, but you are very serviceable on the second line. Keep, keep it up. Yeah. I wonder, you know, and, and we've been down this rabbit hole, so we don't need to spend much time, but like, there's been tons of talk, A, from Leaf fans about Galchenyuk, right? And, you know, what did the Leaf staff do? And did they oh, rebuild yes. him? him up. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, he fixed him. Yeah. Uh, and Ottawa fans, rightly so, and Montreal fans, because he's been to both places, you know, ripping on that idea entirely that, he, you know, we were being taken in or, you know, t- congratulations on re- whatever it might be. But again, did he suddenly just end up in a place where we don't need you to be the guy. We don't need you to be anywhere close to the guy, right? Like you're going to f- play with the guys. And it's hard to argue that anyone in Toronto gets to fly under the radar, especially when you're the new guy. But I wonder if that as much as anything else. Um, now you could make the argument and rightly so that in Ottawa, he wasn't being asked to be the guy either. Um, but at least in Toronto, when they're asking him to just go do his thing, he's doing it beside John Tavares and William Nylander, who are going to create opportunities for anybody out there with them. So I wonder just in some cases, if, if you're just better off some guys just as, as complimentary pieces, and maybe it's not that Toronto rebuilt Galchenyuk, like Pittsburgh rebuilt CC as much as just, no, just here, go do your thing. We have other people that will do the heavy lifting. You just go mm-hmm. and worry about you. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's something to be said for some players are just, they're going to thrive in certain environments and they're going to absolutely flounder in others. And there may not be any rhyme or reason to it. Mm -hmm. Just their specific personality doesn't mesh well with the, the culture of this team or the role that they're put in with this team, but they go to another team and all of a sudden they're put in the exact role that they're meant for. Just click Whether, referenced Phaneuf right earlier. Just, exactly. Yeah. Like, like that's the textbook definition of that example is, is Dion Phaneuf when he came to Ottawa. And then, you know, to your point, it helps that Galchenyuk is playing with a high powered offense. It's almost like no matter where you slot him in that offense, he's right. going to be with someone who's going to help him. But when you're playing with Tavares and Nylander, like, yeah, they're probably going to get you. All you have to do is stand in the right place and put your stick on the ice. Right. And they're probably going to get you the puck at the right time. And that, you know, it could be exactly what Galchenyuk needed right now in his career where you, you like, it seems like every team he went to, it was like, Hey, this is it for you, bud. Yes. Um, either figure it out or you're done. 
And just with, I can only imagine what that does to your headspace. So you, you put them in a situation in Toronto where it's like, we, we're going to help you succeed. Here are players to help you succeed. That might be exactly what Galchenyuk needed. And, and, you know, he may, he may go on to thrive in other situations, but I think, you know, playing on the fourth line every few games in Ottawa with Artem Anisimov (laughs) wasn't exactly going to do that for him. No. So I'm a big fan of any time a player kind of refines his game because I, I hated the narrative of like, oh, well, this guy's done because you just never know. You never know what's going on in someone's head and and the reasons behind why they may be struggling. And maybe he just wasn't put in a situation. It's it's the same thing with like people. Some people work really well in certain companies as as a, a an employee. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you may thrive in a certain environment and then you go to a different environment doing the same job. Yeah but it's just not for you. Like you just don't thrive in that environment. And I think hockey players are no no different. Um, I found it interesting and and we'll share the article here. Just what's happening right now across major league baseball as we shift gears and we're seeing more and more teams. and, And you and I have talked about it before on the podcast. When would you be comfortable with professional athletes getting vaccinated? No one wanted this thing where it looked like they were jumping the line. Uh, I guess before we delve into what's going to happen to these teams once they are fully vaccinated, do you feel like it's okay now? Do you, like, are you comfortable with the fact that we're seeing more and more pro athletes getting vaccinated? In the States, I think so. Yeah. And and granted, like, there may be things I don't know about with the vaccine role oh, in the States. We're talking but, like, about a pile of different jurisdictions and... You know, yeah, yeah, like, it's it's so state-based. But, but the people, like, I'm going to go based on, like, my... Tw- the people I follow on Twitter and the people I know <laughs> from the States. Like, people in my age group are getting vaccinated with their second dose this mm-hmm. week, right? Like, yes. it seems like as long as the athletes are getting vaccinated in... At the same time as they would if yeah, they in were, sequence. Are you, hmm. yeah, like like if if a, a thirty two year old uh, athlete is getting vaccinated at the same time as a thirty two year old accountant, yeah, I have no issues with that. No, as long as long as they're not jumping a queue and you know a, a baseball player is getting vaccinated while a essential worker, um, is someone who works at a grocery store or you know a delivery person or or a contractor or someone who works at a construction site, whatever. Mm-hmm. If if the baseball player is getting vaccinated before them, I have a bit of an issue. But it sounds like in the states things like like they're almost done. Yeah, <laughs> like, <honestly. laughs> I, I I don't have. I, it seems like they're at the. This is probably the right time to do it. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts? No, I, I'm with you there. I I, I never thought it was fair like there was always going to be a problem with um optics if you were doing it too soon but i on the other end of that extreme it was never like i thought it was going to be fair to ask pro athletes you make a lot of money you should have to wait and go last yeah, i don't that's think fair. i don't think that was okay either so yeah. essentially if in your state in your city whatever they're doing people in your age group or they've opened it right up like some states have anybody wants to come get one they can now do it why shouldn't these guys be able to go like they are in any other profession, any other. Uh, so I, I haven't heard of any really gross line jumping at this point in terms of pro sports. So yeah, I've, I've largely been okay with it. But what we're seeing now is we're in the midst of a season where some guys have gotten it, some haven't. Uh, it looks like uh, the Blue Jays as of Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, as Michaela calls it here, um, are now back in Dunedin. Florida is allowing pretty much anybody who wants it to get it. So over this homestand, they are going to kind of stretch it out. They don't want everybody going on the same day in case you have one or two guys with, you know, some people have side effects and whatever. So you make sure that, you know, both of your 
catchers don't get vaccinated on the same day and turn up sick the next day or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that all makes sense to me, but we're seeing that it hasn't been done yet for every team and they've set some rules as, uh, as the athletic reported and, and we'll share the article in all the usual places that once teams get to 85% of players and kind of close contact staff and, and coaches, once you've sort of hit 85% of your traveling party, I guess we'll call it, uh, things change in a big way for you in terms of how much you're allowed to gather in terms of unmasking. Um, they've run really tight protocols and it's really interesting right now to watch and see how this is going to get rolled out. And it, and, and there's going to be times where, you know, one team is still under strict protocol and other teams are kind of just, yeah, everybody playing Xbox in the clubhouse together or whatever it might be. Uh, we're going to share the article, but what's kind of your takeaway on how this is rolling out? That's a good question. Like, again, it's much to the same point of, you know, athletes should be vaccinated at the same time as other people in their age group or sequence or whatever. If the MLB as an employer should probably look at vaccinating their staff, mm-hmm. their players and other staff at the same time, maybe regardless of their respective jurisdictions right. like i think the mlb needs because it's a traveling show right like teams yep. aren't just staying in one state i think they need to look at themselves as one giant employer mm. what wherever they want to be based i'm sure they can decide what state they want to fall in for that yeah um but you know v- roll out your vaccine plan for your players at the same time so the jays are getting vaccinated at the same time as the rangers and next et cetera, et cetera, regardless of division, regardless Texas, of location. They, they don't need vaccines. They're just, no, they're just giving oh, up. We're and good. There's Fine. no pandemic at all. <laughs> that was wild watching the, the I, I don't know, like I, I, watching the, the, the Rangers game with the, against the Jays on Monday mm-hmm. um, and seeing this full stadium, your super spreader home opener. Oh my God. <laughs> like, Sold I out. don't know, like 45,000 people or whatever it was. Like it was just normal. Yeah. Like Texas, what are you doing? Like 15, 16 masks around the building. Like it just in general. (laughs) And like, I'll, I'll admit, I don't know what the caseloads are in Texas, but I'm pretty sure they were some, you're not there. They're not there yet. (laughs) Like for the love of God. Well, and you put all this pressure on your concession staff and your whatever to walk around and ask these angry Texans to put their mask back on. No chance. Cause that was supposed to be the deal. If you're not eating and you're not drinking, you are supposed to keep your mask on. Well, if you've ever been to a baseball game, there's not many minutes where you're not eating or drinking something. Yeah. Um, But then what, right? Like there was thousands upon thousands of unmasked faces every time you would see them scanning the crowd uh, for whatever reactions or just whatever was going on. Like you just decided screw it once it was open. And I I don't know what the, the thought process was there. I'm intrigued by your idea though, that, you know, maybe... MLB should have waited or or could have waited to do all 30 teams at once so that there's no competitive advantage if there was going to be one. Um, at the same time, you're probably, you know, 16, 17, 22, 23 teams are all in jurisdictions, you know, at some point where they're allowed to get it, but there's a couple states that haven't quite opened it up that far. You're going to have a hard time um, keeping people from going to get it. But I wondered about even within these teams, you're talking about 85% uh, is the threshold that you have to reach before these restrictions get loosened on your team. And 
I, I, I don't know what the percentages are across baseball, but I would think the population of either anti-vaxxers or just people concerned about it, hesitant, um, vaccine, I don't know what the, the term would be, right? Vaccination hesitant or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me if on a team or two is greater than 15% of your traveling party. And if you can't get to 85, does everybody else get held hostage? That's a really good question. And you're right. Like, I don't want to generalize here, but yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are hesitant and, mm-hmm. and, um, there's a lot of people who fall into that category of anti-vaxxers and, you know, it always seems to be, there are more athletes in that category than you think. Yeah. And I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. Like I, hopefully this will mo- motivate the MLB and, and various teams to, you know, go on a little bit of a campaign of, of vaccine confidence. I think right? that's like, part of what this was too, was not just vaccine confidence, but like, Hey, if you go do it, we'll take the leash off you. Right. Like almost bribing you into doing like that. And that, like, I, 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 I don't want to speak to, you know, what, what works and, and, and what doesn't in terms of communicating the, the benefits of vaccines to people. Like I moderately work in this field, but mm-hmm. that is very much a public health thing and I'm not an expert on it, but to a certain extent, like peer pressure has to be a little bit of a factor if you're, if you're hesitant about it, yep. um, you know, the, the, there's getting accurate information about the vaccine and learning that it's safe and, and the safety protocols it goes through and all that. And, and that's very useful. But then there's the, do you want to be the guy holding up the whole team? <laughs> and and I'm not saying that someone should feel that peel, that peer pressure mm-hmm. or be made to feel that peer pressure because everyone needs to do, you know, go at their own pace. And, and I'm, I'm very pro vaccines, sure. vaccines work, it's science and all that stuff. But I'm with you there. I, I don't, I don't also, you know, if someone has questions, that's fine. Like it's, you know, it, this is a weird situation we're in this vaccine. Yeah, it's not like it know, hasn't got, crossed my mind that, exactly, yeah, that we're not it crazy. normally takes five years and we just, here you go. Like eight months later, they were done. You're like, uh, now everybody who was involved with making these and everyone who is now involved with telling me to take it has a much better background in this than I do is much smarter than I am with this stuff. So I'm going to do it, but it's not like I haven't gone. Why does this normally take five years? (laughs) Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with asking that question. And I think one of the things we need to get away from is, is, is question or criticizing people who ask that question. Like it's a fair question and it's probably crossed all of our minds, even if we don't want to admit it. Like, you know, there's, yeah, I could, I could wax poetic about this for hours, but like, you know, there's th- the fact that we were in a global pandemic, every yes. health body d- just poured all yeah, of we had their a global resources focus into. on doing one yeah. thing. Yes. It's amazing what happens when everyone focuses on actually getting something done. Is, right. Remember when Notre Dame burned down and like 15 rich people rebuilt in it. a couple of days rebuilt it? Like they raised enough money to rebuild it. And we're all like, yeah, do you want to help with like world hunger or something? <laughs> or like, or, I'm sure you know, getting the Leafs into the finals. Like we could have sure, the yeah. entire I, I world. think they have some strings they can pull there, <laughs> but it's amazing what happens when a bunch of people in power are all yes. focused on the same goal. And that's kind of what happened with of the vaccine it is, yes. and, and it's, you know, it's gone through all the protocols, but it's, it's normal to yeah, ask those it's questions. Reasonable it's reasonable to go. Fair. Did we skip any steps here? Yeah. Why and did do this? your research? Sure. Just look into it. Yeah. And, and, and that's fair, but the MLB should be focused hard. now. I'm just going to trust yeah, the smart people. <laughs> Google. Um, <laughs> the MLB should be focused now on educating their staff mm-hmm. of 
why the vaccine is safe, why it's beneficial to get it, you know, not, not pressuring them, but I guarantee you there are going to be players who feel or staff who feel that pressure. Yep. No doubt about that. Cause you uh, don't want your team at 84%. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> players as well. You got like one third string catcher. Who's just like, no, I'm not doing it. Then you're fucking cut man. Cause you're holding us from 85%. Oh, no. <laughs> oh these are stories we're going to hear <laughs> for course. years to come. Years to come. Yeah. Um, I just found it interesting and, and we'll share the article. You can check it out for yourselves. It is dramatic. The amount of, you know, things that get loosened up once your team hits that threshold. And uh, we're going to see that rolling out more and more. Um, we saw a picture, I believe it was last week now. I could be wrong. The New York Rangers posted on their Twitter of some of their guys getting, like their whole team was getting vaccinated that day. Maybe it was this week now. I can't remember. So again, using the brand of the New York Rangers to encourage people that look, yep. all our guys are doing it. So, I mean, in that regard, it's good. But if you really wanted to, I don't know, could you scan the, some of these photos and find the one ranger that wasn't there or something? Who's maybe the <laughs> anti-vax guy. I, I don't know. Right. But it's like the trip to the white house. Uh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Who, who went, <laughs> who didn't go. Right. I got some questions like, yeah, but you know, it, it is also these teams, whether it's NHL, MLB, NFL, whatever, mm-hmm. NBA, they have, WNBA as well. Yep. They have a public health voice right now. Mm-hmm. And and they had they they had it at the beginning or, or in the early days when we brought back sports in terms of wearing masks and following protocols, physical distancing, all that stuff. Now they have a public health voice in terms of educating people on getting the vaccine and encouraging people to get the vaccine or to at least do their research to make themselves feel comfortable about getting the vaccine. Yeah. And I think that you know, yeah, okay, if you're a professional hockey player, did you sign on to be a public health advocate? No. Probably not. But guess what? None Here of us are. signed on for you're, this. You didn't sign up to be a role model on a bunch of things, but the exactly. world's watching suddenly. And, and and that's a big role they play right now. So as long as they're doing it within the confines of it is fair for them to do it, I'm going to say the same thing about the NHL when, when the time comes, yeah. and specifically here in Canada. You know, I want to see Brady Kachuk getting his vaccine to encourage people in Ottawa to get vaccinated when when the time comes, when it is okay for him to do that. I suddenly and love I, that the Leafs went old, like Thornton and Spezza and oh, Simmons. Yeah. They'll, Thornton they'll, should be vaccinated, what, this week? Yeah, exactly. All <laughs> half their guys are going to be vaccinated in the next, like, couple days. The young Sands are going to be waiting be, and waiting and waiting. <laughs> yes, young Kyle, Kyle Dubas is going to be one of the last ones. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I liked the other, this will be a couple weeks ago now. Ron McLean referenced during one of the intermissions that he was going that week to get his vaccine. I don't know how old he is, 65 years old or something maybe, but um, when it was his turn and it was just because they were talking about something kind of similarly on the subject. And I, I do believe he was aware of what he was doing just in saying, yeah, it's a great thing that we've gotten here. I'm happy to be getting mine on Monday. And then that was it turned to the next topic. Didn't become preachy. Didn't try. He's a hockey commentator. He doesn't try to get into twisting your arm on why you should do it. But if pointing out to even one or two extra people, oh, hey, Ron's going like if that lifted any hesitancy from anybody, then that's great. If it didn't, it didn't hurt anything either. So I think the little things like that, where you can just drop it in that these people that you watch every week that you know, that are celebrity that are whatever, you know, you don't have to be preachy about it. Just put it out there and normalize it. Right. And Exactly. People, people who are hesitant about stuff like vaccines, they often don't respond very well to being told what to do. No. But if they see people they like and respect 
getting it done, then maybe they're a little more open to it. Right. And, and, you know, there's certain people who were just not going to change their minds. And I liked, I like to believe that hopefully they make up enough of the population and a few enough of the population or small enough of the population that it's not going to impact us getting back to normal. Mm -hmm. But like we, we have to give up on, on, you know, trying to ram it down people's throats but they don't want to hear it but there are people and we kind of talked about this earlier like who just have questions and maybe are unsure and they just need to be inspired by the right people to look into it ron's never steered me wrong before so exactly (laughs) imagine Uh, imagine if don cherry was on the air talking about getting vaccinated the power he could have on a certain population now you kids out there you go and you get the new no we're moving on (laughs) Mm -mm. um one of the things, uh, speaking of old and out of touch, um, <laughs> perfect segue. Thank you. Was, uh, and it came, it, it made me laugh when I sent it to you last night because on Saturday of this past week, I tweeted out that I had been searching for a playlist. I was just looking for like 90s rock, but when I just tell like my speaker to do it or whatever, it, it goes too broad. So I wanted like 90s rock that like everybody recognizes right away. So I was searching Apple Music for like a, playlist for like a nineties party or something like that. So that's what I typed in was nineties rock party playlist. The first thing that came up was called dad rock essentials. Yes. And it hurt my feelings. Um, I got kind of oh, sad. Then I had to search for, for sad music. Hello <laughs> <and these sorts laughs> darkness. My old exactly. <laughs> um, and then Wednesday night, I guess, as I'm searching around, uh, for different topics for us to talk about on the show, I'm scanning Twitter and Alan Cross has a link, um, to this dad rock, uh, what do you call it? Album or collection or whatever. And just the term is something I'm starting to see entirely too often dad rock. And, and I guess really it only bugs me because I'm, I'm finding myself falling into it more and more. Uh, but this was. Like a list of those, you know, there used to be these albums now, I guess there still are now three, I guess they started out early on, on being called now that's what I call music one or two or whatever. By the time I was listening to them in the earlier mid nineties, they were called just like now two, now three. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I had a bunch of them and, um, but I, I guess this is a similar idea, but it's called dad rock essentials and Michaela, it's kind of all over the map when you look at the set list it really is and and he he gives his little uh added commentary in, in parentheses Hilarious. he'll put like yep or i don't know about this one did and, your dad do a lot of meth right? <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> this is the thing and, and what like as i was going through this i was like oh my god i love all these songs am i a dad that's yep. just, I'm very confusing. Um, should we like do how in depth do we want to go here? I don't think we need to go through the entire songs. list. Yeah. No, and we'll share it if people want to check it out. But let's let's go through the out like the extremes the on outliers. either end. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like like either the guaranteed yes, this belongs in a dad rock playlist, or what the hell is this doing here? Well, and and maybe we should try and quantify a little bit because here's the part that was really throwing me. There's like all the small things by Blink One Eighty Two. And you're like, oh my god, and I'm like, and and uh, in too deep by some forty one, and I'm like, okay, but I get it. I am thirty seven now, but I listened to those songs when they were hits, yeah. and I was in high school. Lots of people are dads now at that age. I'm I'm fine with it, but there's also like Maggie May by Rod Stewart, or like 
how old is your dad? And that, that's the thing. Like, first of all, like define dad. Yes. And right? then define like, rock, I guess. And that, Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and the thing with, so the way I interpreted dad rock is your dad listens to <laughs> it uncool. and you are old enough to make fun of him for it. Oh, okay. So, and, and that's just my definition. Yeah. But, you know, you're looking at Blink-182 and Sum 41. Mm-hmm. Let's say those dads are probably in their 30s. Yeah. Because we're both in their, our, we're th- yep. our 30s and I listen to that. And I... Depending on when this dad yeah, had a had a could child, have a 13, it could be 14 year old, exactly. no problem ripping you. So for you could have a dad, 41. you could have a kid that's making fun of you for this. Yeah, if your kid's making fun of you for some 41, you did something wrong. But okay. that's just my opinion. Because there's um, also songs on there that I could be ripping my 60 year old father. Yeah, for, right? like, honestly, <laughs> and, and my uh, Alan Cross references uh, Homer Simpson in, in the intro of the <laughs> article, and I'm just picturing that scene where Homer's talking about the Alan Parsons project, who paved way for Jeff. <laughs> an airplane and like I, I, i'm getting the names forever, wrong but like forever he, <laughs> forever i think i used to be with this but then they yes. changed what it was <laughs> now what i'm with isn't it and what's it seems weird and scary to me it'll happen to you that is the most accurate yes that we have used that clip like verbatim yes. before i think one of my earlier episodes <laughs> that is the most accurate simpsons quote of all time because I have literally heard myself say it unironically within the last year. Like, no, you're so right. Yeah. It'll happen to you if you're listening to this, if it hasn't already. So we'll go through the first couple just to like get things started. Here's what you're reading when you're opening up the dad rock playlist, according to Alan Cross or, or that Alan Cross is reviewing. Yes. The first few songs you see are, we will rock you by queen. Now he says, yep. I don't know. See, to me, I'm thinking of my dad more than some 14-year-old thinking of me in that situation, right? Like, I need to get out of the mindset of you need to make fun of your dad for this music. Because, like, I love Queen. I love that song. But, like, yeah, no, like, someone who's a dad age is probably listening to that. Doesn't mean they have to get made fun of for it. I have to get that out of my mind. (laughs) Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. Yes. I can see that because I can see my dad. Yes. And any dad Same. like dancing to that song. <laughs> oh, like it's got oh, that. You're losing like, me. Okay. <laughs> I can't see my dad dancing to almost any song, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? I live. Uh, we grew I, up in very different childhood. <laughs> I live away from home. Maybe he's taken up dancing around the living room when his jams come on now. I have no idea what might be happening down there. Yeah. I, I do. With or without you that. by you too? No, no chance. No? No. Nah. Now he, Alan Cross calls this mom rock. Yes. That, We're getting very that gendered I could, here. No, we that need to I acknowledge how gendered we are here. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not very modern of us. It's not very, but totally, that's going to be my mom before I it's my dad. See, I could see a case for some U2 songs yep. being more dad rock. With or without you, yeah, it's got that, like, it was in Friends, for God's yes, sakes, exactly. and my mom was a big Friends fan, so, <laughs> right. like, Weren't we I all? would associate it with that. This one is a slam dunk, mm-hmm. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I associate my mom more than my dad. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, Bon Jovi. Big into Bon like, Jovi. Yeah. She's still into um, mullets now. Like, this is- <laughs> oh, no. Um, Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. No. I don't know about this one. Who's dad? Yeah. Again, like, that might be our generation, our age, because, like, that did come out, I think that came out when I was in my 20s, early tw- mid-20s. Uh, maybe. To me, like it's, it's in a, that weird gray area of like not old enough for like your kid would have to be like six. And are they already ripping you for? Yeah. I don't know. This one's interesting. Mr. Brightside by the Killers. No, I can't. 
Although, no, like that came out. See, I'm more with that one than I am with the radioactive one. Like, I think it's Mr. So Brightside hard. came out in 2004 or something, right? Like, yeah, I was in high school. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's conceivable that dads around our age in the 30s are oh, probably listening to that I again. Like, like <laughs> define dad, Rob. Well, that's like, the thing, though. And this that's, is so hard. Right. And and you you just you needed to do a better job with your collection and do like. 90s dad rock 80s yes. dad rock yes. 70 and then you can decide for yourself is that you're you were into music in the 70s or your dad was into the music and whatever you want to do with it is fine but this is too broad because this is like i said anything that includes blink 182 and the rolling stones is gonna be a bit hard for anyone to wrap their head around yes this was my dad's generation <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, you need you need years or decades attached to this. This is too hard. <laughs> now, an interesting one, and I'll, I'll say the song name, but I think more of the band is is up for debate here. So it's Rockstar by Nickelback. To me, Nickelback at, at in any way is dad rock. Any interesting. song, yeah, just because it's got like it's so radio friendly, or yeah, I don't know why it just like screams dad generic rock. But close yes. for any age. Yep. Um, but closer, I think closer to our age than our dad's yes. age. Yeah, I, I don't think dad's turning the station as quick as I actually might be, but I, I think because you're right, that's gonna be that that especially here in Canada with your, your CanCon rules and all this shit, Nickelback gets played to death. And I do think that older people kind of get into it as much as people our age did. But again, that's a band that came out when I was in high school, like 99, 2000. Um, and I think is still churning out shit. Fuck that seems so long ago. <laughs> it's this weird. It's a list to make us feel old. Honestly, that's it. all this did. And, and a couple of head scratchers where you're just like, I, I don't know who's that was meant for. That's grandpa dad or grandpa rock or whatever's happening. But I just, We'll share the list uh, and you people can peruse it for yourself. You can talk about who you think this was, uh, this was meant for, but I think it needed to be, uh, you know, separated. It needs a little to be bit. studied. It needs to be studied. Like, don't you forget about me by simple minds. Where yeah. do you fall on that? That's one of my favorite between songs of all time. Me, really? Eh? Okay. That's oh, yeah. between me and my dad. I think that was in that eighties. Um, uh, what's the movie? Help me out. Oh, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. I kept wanting to say Detention Club. <laughs> that's, that's <the> <laughs> Close. Yeah, sure. It's um, it's Breakfast Club. So I don't know whether my dad liked that movie or not. To be honest with you, it was a little kind of probably too young for him. It was a little too old for me when it came out. Um, but that's where I associate that song, right, is, is tied to that movie. And I don't really think much about it anywhere beyond that, to be honest, like. Yeah, I'm I'm with you in that. I think it was a little past my dad. Like and like that, the, the Breakfast Club is more my mom's me. movie. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah, and as, and as you we can even make a case sexist as hell. <laughs> I know, I know. Like that, I'm acknowledging how gendered this is. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, also, don't you forget about me? Is very. It's not. Is it rock? Like you, that's oh, a debatable rock song. Yeah. Like it, it seems more pop to me. Um, yeah. I mean, you hear it on, I always, well, I always um, the make things. the, yeah, that's true. 
Uh, my 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 threshold, or like I guess the middleman. I don't know what you call it, but when it, the way I evaluate certain songs is like, what radio station would you hear them on? And I know this yep. dates me because there's probably people listening to this who are like, what's a radio station? <laughs> <laughs> but like, don't you forget about me? You'd hear that on eighty eight five, and that's it. So it's like an alternate. I view yeah. it as kind of that alternative okay. rock. Like it's, I'm very confused. By See, it. and I grew up closer to Toronto, and so I I I bit my Indy tongue. 88. Sure, but I've bit my tongue twice being like, okay, that's an Edge 102 song and that's a Q107 Edge. song because yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's very regional, right? If you don't live in the area, people are so aren't regional. And I, I know people <laughs> listening to this who don't live in Ottawa are like, what are you talking about? But that's where I kind of came down on it too was to me, though, don't you forget about me is you're right closer to Indy 88. But if you were going to force me to put it on one of those two stations, it's Q107 before it's Edge 102. I think they're there are two songs on this list that we have to acknowledge because okay. even Alan Cross was like, what the hell is this doing here? <laughs> Number one is complicated by Avril Lavigne. Number two is torn by Natalie Imbruglia. A hundred percent no to rock for either of these. Also, like if either of these songs came on the radio, I know my dad would t- change the channel. They're both very targeted. And again, acknowledging the gender here, mm-hmm. they're very targeted at women. Like the, the these tend to be a oh, little no. more, like, the, like these are I, as a teenage girl when complicated <clears throat> oh, came no. out. I was in that. I was in that target audience, and I fell for it hard. Um, I, I don't want to get into it. I um, I I have both of those songs. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, Matt. So do I. I like I said. I'm Steve, only embarrassed by one. By I, 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 my... I I I really. Now maybe I more thought she was cute. I I don't know. That could have been it. When when uh, that uh, that album came out, maybe my last year of high school. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was like oh two oh one something like that. And I liked her look. I liked all. I liked that she was Canadian. And most of the album, um, while being fairly poppy, does at least have a band. It's not like some of the pop stuff she would go on to do later. And whatever. I I just I liked. I have that whole first album. I don't think I have anything from any other album. But I, I always, I always hoped things would work out between me and Avril and it's starting to seem like oh, that's sorry. not going to happen. I know, but you know, cling to it a little bit we'll see. Yeah. Um, life goes on. The, I the will Natalie say- Imbruglia one is more where it was in the last couple of years where I was just like, ah, I remember that. Right. And it's kind of that nostalgic whatever now five yeah, or something probably. like it was on one i know it was on one of the now cds that i had and and so i'm sure it was one of those days where i had asked my speaker here to play 90s music it came on i was like ah that takes me back to playing grab ass at some grade nine dance or something right like and and i added it and and, and have it it's not one that like i remember like loving at the time or whatever, but just kind of now where I'm old and lame anyway, was just like, yeah, sure. Throw it into the collection. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I will, I'm going to like, uh, call out my brother here a little bit. I don't think he listens to the show, but if he does, he's going to hate me. I used to borrow his Avril Lavigne CD. Okay. Like that, that was how I listened to Avril Lavigne. He was a massive Avril See, Lavigne fan. I don't fan. think it was that uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think he was, oh God, how old would he have been? He would have been like maybe 11 or 12. So like, yeah, he wasn't listening for the music. Okay. Like I think, yeah. I think he was discovering. So girls. he's older than you or younger than you? 
Uh, he's younger than me. Oh, okay. So no, I'm so on the other end of that. <laughs> he may have been like maybe eight or nine, but I think I think he was. He thought he, she was cute for yeah. one, probably. Yeah. And you know, her music was poppy and fun, and that's yep. when you're eight or nine years old, you should not be judged for your musical taste. No. Um, but he was a at eighteen or nineteen, album. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because I took some shit for that. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Well, like there, we've talked about before, I'm kind of old now and just over it right so. the beauty of music is that at some point the bands you used to lie to your friends about liking become cool right? i had like, this yes go ahead sorry. it got to a point where me being a backstreet boy fan was <laughs> embarrassing and i should stop talking about it like like i'm talking like grade five or six where it was like ew you like the backstreet boys but i loved the backstreet boys <laughs> and i still do and now that i'm in my 30s everyone's very open about the fact that they love the backstreet boys right. at least those who do yes. and and the women in my mostly women but like you know the people who love the backstreet boys at my age mm-hmm. are open about loving them yes and and it is this beautiful thing. Same with the Spice Girls. Like there's no there's no guilty pleasure anymore. We just love them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I agree with you there. Um, uh, I had something to say and it's gone, but <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I just I'm with you though. You do kind of get to a point where you're just like, yeah, no, screw it. This is what I I like now, and this is what I want to listen to, and you just kind of get over it. And maybe that is the definition of dad rock where you get in the car with your parent and they're just like, no, this is awesome. And you're like, Oh God, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) I think that is the definition of dad rock. I think you're right. Yeah. You get to a point where you're like, you know what? This is my music and I do not care what you think. Cause forever as kids, my dad swore up and down and I'm still not sure how much he was being serious versus how much, uh, he was messing with us. He always swore he loved Petula Clark and that song downtown, um, that most oh, of us only God. know from, uh, Seinfeld and whatever else. Or if he ever works in a grocery store. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. And like, but I remember like driving up once, uh, my dad bought this classic car when I was growing up a bit and, and I got in the car with him and we drove all the way up to my grandma's place where she'd held on to all his eight tracks and picked them up. And I was like, all right, there's no Petula Clark in here, right? Like I'm going through it and I'm, I'm putting myself in that time and place. I'm like, these are fine, right? This is cool. That's all right. The, uh, but for some reason, when we would ask dad about his musical tastes, uh, it was always <laughs> Petula Clark was the one he referenced. So that's so funny. It, it's amazing though. Like these, that, that's why these lists are so fun. Cause it kind of, a, it gets you reflecting on the music that your dad listened to yes. or the music you associate your dad with. Right. And then B, it kind of takes you back to listening to that music as well. Cause we are of the generation who could conceivably be dads and, sure. and we have to, we have to grapple with that. Um, but I, when you were telling that story, I was just thinking like, I, when I, when I associate my dad with music, there's a variety of music that, that pops into my head. He's very much a classic rock guy. Okay. Um, but we used to go up to, uh, my family's cottage in North Bay and we, we lived in deep river for a long time when I was, this is like Ottawa Valley towns for anybody who doesn't know the area, but we, I grew up in deep river and then we moved to arm prior. So like at various times, it was about a two or a four hour drive to our cottage mm-hmm. and from about deep river to North Bay, which is about two hours there was no radio yeah, whatsoever. Okay. You can't get any <laughs> signal. So you, and this was in the nineties when you were listening to cassette tapes, uh, the cassette tapes that you had in your car that worked. And so from, for about two hours of that drive, we had two cassette tapes that worked it was Van Morrison. Oh, wow. And Bob Marley. Oh, so man, anytime okay. I hear like, like that is a varied <laughs> yeah, for sure it is. genre of music. And anytime I hear a Van Morrison song, 
or a Bob Marley song, I immediately think of my dad because he was the one driving the car and like that was what we listened to. <laughs> so like if if either of those artists pop up pop yeah. up on this list, I'd be like, yeah, of course. They didn't, unfortunately. No. Well, we used to drive with my grandma to her place and she was big into Dolly Parton. And uh, okay. Dolly, I know, is topical again these days, which is awesome. Still love Dolly. Uh, but she had this tape and we must have listened to it a thousand times. And so I have no idea which of these Dolly Parton songs are hits or were big on the radio. I just know those are the Dolly Parton songs I know. And so a few years ago, my sister says for Christmas, I want whatever that Dolly Parton was that we always used to listen to when we were kids. So I set out, I'm going to go find whatever that album was. This shouldn't be that hard. I must've searched for weeks it, and only to find out like a couple days before Christmas, when I had basically said to myself, all right, you're not going to be giving her this album for Christmas, but you can make a playlist that we'll listen to on Christmas or something right out of the, it was a fucking mixtape. This album never existed. It was like the first mixtape I'd ever com- encountered in my life was just, I guess these were the favorite songs of someone else's all on one tape. And so, you know, Dolly Parton's been around for 50 years. There's enough albums and then this one remastered and then favorites and then best of the seven. Like you must, I must have searched through all kinds of different ways that this may have been presented. No, it was just a tape somebody made and threw in the goddamn car. That is hilarious. Oh, mixtapes. Yeah. You know what? If you're old enough to remember what mixtapes were, you're probably old enough to respect this list of yeah. songs we just went through. The other way I got around some of this stuff and you go back to Torn by Natalie and Brulia, I used to, and I still do, uh, really like, I was into punk and mainly pop punk when I was in high school and college. And they would every year put out another punk goes pop or punk goes crunk was the rap one or punk goes country. And it was just punk bands playing covers of whatever was big at the time. And so there is a version of Torn by Natalie and Brulia by Newfound uh-huh. Glory that, uh, yeah. And so that's how I would get around was like, no, I I only listen to them because now they're punked out. Right. And so every now and then, like that would still come up in my collection. I still had it. I was like, screw it. I'm just getting the original. I don't care. (laughs) Amen. Hit me baby one more time by bowling for soup. Yes. All of these, right. There's, there's a million, uh, terrific pop punk covers, but anything else you wanted to get to on this one? Was there anything else eating at you or have we kind of dad rocked everybody, uh, to death now. No, I, I mean, honestly, I know that people are probably like, okay, stop going through the list, but no, like this list awesome. is fascinating yeah, to me. I could, st- I could spend all episodes in this. No, it's, yeah. um, listen, it's been a weird week in the world of sports with the, yeah. the Vancouver Canucks situation and, and True, all that yeah. stuff. It, it sounds like at least in the last day or two, no new Canucks have tested positive for COVID. So that's good, relief, I guess, man. but that number just kept climbing. Oh my God, that got scary. Yeah. And, you know, for Ontarians anyway, in the last week, it's been a stark, or Canadians, I guess, in general, it's been a stark reminder of the fact that we are not out of this yet. And uh, it sucks. And I know everyone's sick and tired of this, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we've been able to distract you enough with some dad rock <laughs> to uh, to get your mind off it. You know what? If you don't want a distraction, go through this. We're going to share the link. Yep. Go through the dad rock list. Go listen to some of these songs. I could spend hours listening to these songs. It well, would very much cheer me up. Some of these were screed rock, right? So we're going to be able oh, to. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I might have to go find that dad rock playlist on Apple or Spotify or wherever you found it. I'll send you the link. I know you're an Apple music person. And we'll share that, too. Why not? You can all have a good laugh at my expense from, uh, from that day. But we'll share all of this stuff at tall can audio uh 
on all our uh, our social media feeds. I will bring up one more thing before yeah, we wrap up. And, sure. and this is kind of a question to you and a question to, to the listeners. But like these day music or song of the day challenges got really big, at least early in the pandemic, where it was like every day you have a, a prompt to think of a certain song. So it's like a song with a number in oh, it yeah, or okay. a song by an artist you hate or yes. like that kind of stuff. So my, my team and I are. Yeah. Our, my team and I are going through the, this like calendar for the month of April and each day we're all adding a song to this playlist on Spotify. Oh, I like that. And it's those kind of prompts, right? So th- if you haven't found one of those for yourself to do on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, I highly recommend it. It is super fun. We all need a distraction right now. And uh, it's it's fun going through these songs and like finding songs that match up for you and, and uh, you know, taking yourself back to a time where you you started listening to or loved the song. Felt more cool than you do right now. Yep. I um, used to be with it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't want to go back through and have to paste these all in again, but I might. We'll see how we'll see how the <laughs> night goes. Um, I believe I did that last time, so we'll uh, we'll see how the uh, the evening goes as I'm editing. Uh, don't forget WrestleMania this weekend. If you're looking to get yourself tuned up for that, Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet was on episode eight thirteen. You can find that at TallCanAudio.com or wherever you're listening right now. And next week, Wednesday, Dan Schulman, the voice. Um, for a, a bunch of us, uh, for a generation of baseball. So, uh, really looking forward to having him on as well. Uh, Michaela, appreciate it as always. Good talking to you. Woo. Yes. And I'm loving this. I know Charlotte's uh, not this involved this beer, week. But uh, yeah, what were your thoughts? It's, it, 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 it got better as I went, if I'm being honest okay. with you. And it, it's probably cause I still, maybe when I first cracked it, had a little bit of the, uh, the Vimy stout still on my taste buds from getting ready. Um, um this is uh this has been growing on me as we go, so I'm enjoying okay. it quite a bit. All right, I'm happy to hear that. And as always, very happy to be here. The uh pints are at Talking Audio on Instagram, as well as at Crafted in the Capital on Instagram, if you want to check those out. Uh until Sunday when Rob returns. My name's Matt, her name's Michaela, and we will see you on the next episode of Talking Audio. Peace out. Did you see that? Yep. There's an hour you're never getting back. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Okay, I'm going to call that a wrap. You can find tons more TCA at tallcanaudio.com. Ba-dum-bum.